Ansel Dario. I'm Zach Shevich. And I'm Ansel Birch, your host and post. And it's time, time to, to party. We are not doctors. We don't give medical advice. Please drink responsibly. This episode was recorded on July 18th of 2022. Hey, party people. Thank you for tuning in to Time to Party. Yes. The podcast where the points are made up and nothing matters. <laughs> um... But yes, we have been talking to you about Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes uh, this month. And we've been joined by the esteemed, the regal, Ooh. the bearded yeah. Zachary Elizabeth Shevich. Not my middle name. <laughs> also, three words that no one's ever used to describe me, including bearded. I... I, I have had this beard for about two years now, but I don't think anybody has described me as bearded yet. So it's, people just aren't as perceptive as I. Am. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's nice to nice to hear those adjectives said aloud about me. I, it's I, about time. Yeah, really. I've been waiting. And... Uh, your next episode of Multiplex needs to be you in a cape, <laughs> maybe a scepter. I think we can make it happen. There you go. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, it's in your set somewhere. <laughs> um, yes, we are joined by my very good friend, Zach Shevich. We, if you haven't been listening to the other episodes and have only tuned into the edutainment section. And if so, why? Why? But also, sure. Cool. Be be as chaotic as you want. Thanks for hanging out. Yes. No matter when you drop in on the party, it's still happening and you're still welcome. <laughs> All are welcome at this party. Open doors, no cover fee. Oh. Girls get in free. Guys get in free too. Non-binary people get in free too. We are learning. Yes. On this podcast. You're learning. <laughs> yes. And we are reminiscing, making jokes that probably we only get. Yeah. Um, but also talking about this incredible Japanese movie uh, that's just wildly yeah. fun. A, a real good time. Yeah. You know, we talk about it in the second episode, just how fun it is. But also how, I mean, I don't want to say masterfully made it is because, like, it's his first movie. It's very cleverly constructed. It's cleverly constructed. Yes. Those it's a theater bit of alliteration kids, for you. Those theater kids with their iPhone did something really awesome. Yeah. It, it's going to surprise you, too. It's not like your typical movie. Right. I think it's a nice refresher, nice change of pace. Yeah. And, and yeah. And if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, our good friends at IMDb tell us uh, that this movie is about... A cafe owner who discovers that the TV in his cafe suddenly shows images from the future, but only two minutes into the future. Uh, sounds ridiculous, is ridiculous, but still a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's um, Yeah, I'm just excited that we've found a way to talk about one of my favorite movies of the year for... what Are we going on two hours now? Um, Almost there. Almost there. Um, but isn't that why we started podcasts anyway? <laughs> exactly. Just to like waste too much time talking about our opinions on movies. I remember in a previous iteration of a podcast of mine that no longer exists, I would just talk about my favorite wrestlers <laughs> just for talking at my producer who didn't really watch like he did watch mm -hmm. wrestling, but not the same kind of wrestling that I did at the time. So I was just ranting and raving about this tag team, the young bucks for anyone who's listening who likes wrestling. Um, but yeah, there's like a couple episodes where I just ramble on about wrestling. 
uh, like I'm easy, doing now. <laughs> it's easy to ramble when you have something worth rambling about. It's true. And, like movies that people don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. And and when it comes to Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes, I'm a bit of a rambling man. So, but yes, we here at Time and Party like to impart uh, the most minuscule amount of knowledge. Just a drop. Just a tiny little speck of knowledge. We like to call it our lazy river of information. Uh, where And it, this episode is when we take a an extremely shallow dive into a piece of technology or history or something that happens in the movie that we're talking about for the month and just learn more about it. It's such a shallow dive that next to the diving spot is one of those no diving signs that they put in the right. shallow end of the pools. Exactly. Because you could hit your head. You could hit your head, and we are not liable for on that. On this knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> hit your head on this knowledge. Um, and, you know, typically we could rant and rave about our uh, edutainment sections, but... In the spirit of beyond the infinite two minutes, I have just like a little itty bitty tiny bit right. of stuff. Um, but you're the guest. Um, so let's go with you first. Cool. If that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your edutainment. What stood out to you about this movie that you wanted to learn more about? Right. Well, so you were saying that this is a segment where you typically dive into like a piece of technology, maybe that was featured in the film. And obviously, if you've seen the film or even just read a little about it, this film revolves around uh, CCTV of sorts. There's a monitor connected from the cafe that our main character, Kato, owns that also sends video up to his apartment upstairs. And... It sees two minutes into the future that uh, that sets this all off. So it's essentially like a CCTV, a closed circuit television security thing, even though they're running off of, they look like Mac monitors or something. I don't know. Yeah, the one is definitely uh, an iMac and the other one just looks like a, a, like a, a TV. TV monitor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to look a little bit into the history of CCTV because it's not something that I knew much about. Uh, and was originally developed in the 1920s by Russian physicist Leon Theremin. And oh. I know what you're thinking. Yes, that same Theremin. Yeah! The guy with the, the alien sounding device. That's my Theremin impression? <laughs> good. not very good. Yeah, it's a decent impression. I got it. I, I understood the, the gist of it. Um, the, the, the system, though... Uh, wasn't really uh, that used. Eventually, the first like real CCTV system that was installed was done by the Nazis. So it went, it went from Stalinist Russia to the Nazis. In, the 19, in 1942, in fact, they use it to monitor the launch of their V-2 rockets. So uh, this is a technology with its roots firmly planted in fascist soil. So where does it pop up uh, next? In America! America. <laughs> uh, you see the first CCTV systems in the late 1940s, although they weren't really that popular at the beginning of their development because this is before the development of VCR technology or reel-to-reel technology. So in order to have a CCTV 
successfully monitoring something, something somebody has to be monitoring that CCTV watching the footage. So uh, it's not as widely used until more closer to the 1970s when you get VCR technology and you can actually record things. Although prior to that, CCTV was used for early pay-per-view. So stuff like professional mm-hmm. boxing and professional wrestling yep. was rented off of CCTV technology. Um, so yeah, uh, and the tech, you know, it's grown obviously with uh, the use of digital multiplexing that allows uh, multiple cameras to be connected in the same circuit. But uh, yeah, it, it's obviously become an extremely prevalent part of modern life. Uh, I wanted to actually bring up a film that touches on CCTV because it's one of my favorite documentaries from last year by one of my favorite documentarians. Uh, have you heard of the film All Light Everywhere? No. So it's a film by this director, Theo Anthony, uh, and Letterbox describes it as a film that explores the past, present, and future relationships between technology, vision, and power. From arcane theories of sight to the emergence of virtual reality and police body camera programs, the film takes on a kaleidoscopic investigation into how the reality of what we see is constructed through the tools we use to see it. Interesting. Very fascinating documentary. And I think like the document what is so cool about the documentary is when we see something like a CCTV, you know, we see a piece of technology, right? We don't really see um, a thought or like a bias or anything like that. Uh, it's just a camera observing, right? And what's really interesting about Theo Anthony's doc, All Light Everywhere, is it really asks the question, well, what is observing and who's doing the observing? And how is the person who set up the observing setting up the camera on these things that are being observed, right? It's really asking, it's, it's not thinking about like, what. Well, it's not like about surveillance, but about like, what is it like to be surveilled? Right. Mm. And it's a very fascinating deconstruction of the, the ways in which so many aspects of modern life are surveilled. Like are, does surveillance make us safer and who is us? Stuff like Mm. that. Really, really fascinating film by just like one of the best documentary filmmakers out there. I think he also, while working on this movie, made a separate short documentary that I love, uh, which is streaming on ESPN+. Plus. This one's called Subject to Review. Have you ever watched a tennis match where they have those eagle-eye cameras that yeah. zoom in and show you whether or not the ball is out of bounds? Uh-huh. So this is a short documentary all about that technology. And again, it gets into this idea of like how objective is this bird's eye view? Like, is it really telling you the truth or is it telling you its version of the truth as made by the people who put the technology into place? It's, it's so fascinating. And this dude is a guy who the, he, it's not like a typical documentary presentation. He does these very like airy, spacey, atmospheric, moody pieces that, immediately like get you thinking and get you really like spinning your wheels about like all the questions being brought up. I really love this documentary filmmaker. So I just want to shout him out any chance I get, but these are a really cool pair of movies and an interesting, like opposite side to, you know, CCTV, the, the different aspects you could get from it. Yeah. Yeah. How high is this filmmaker most of the time? <laughs> well, 
if you need an answer for that, the first film that put him on the map is called Rat Film. It's a story about the history of Baltimore as told through its rat population. What the fuck? He's like on one, but seriously, like if he's not the greatest living documentarian, then he's top that he's top ten. Like this dude is really, really good. Is he Banksy? <laughs> he might be. He feels like it. <laughs> Because it feels like something that a Banksy yes. piece would, like, explore, right? It's very, like, deconstructionist. It's very, like, thinking from the outside. I really... It, it's really cool stuff. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, I should have gone first. Um, <laughs> well, I can... I'll uh, I'll bookend it with a little more. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, if you have more to talk about, you can feel free. I mean, I was, gonna, is... I was just going to shout out one other thing because, yeah. like... While this isn't necessarily using a lot of security footage, it did get me thinking about how uh, about the uses of security footage in movies, right? And like, obviously, there is this uh, emergence of found footage recently, uh, or I don't want to say recently, but particularly in the last twenty years or so, from Blair Witch through Paranormal Activity. Mm primarily in horror although you see it in other genres i i feel like chronicle is one of the best yeah. like alternate uses of found footage uh but just wanted to shout out another documentary i saw recently which is available on shutter if you you know that service yeah. a pretty cool horror service it's called the found footage phenomenon and okay. it, it does break down just the entire history of the use of found footage in movies which you know if, if you like those kinds of movies it's a really fascinating look yeah very cool. Wow. Uh, I learned something. Cool. That's fun. Yeah. That's why we do this. Exactly. Right? Like, we can impart knowledge. We can impart knowledge based on the media that we consume. It's, you know, the high end version of, yeah. hey, I heard this cool thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's the whole awesome thing about movies, right? Like Roger Ebert called them the empathy machine for a reason. You can, you can, it gets you to relate to things think about things in a different way shout out movies man yeah movies are great movies are pretty cool i love movies i really like movies you want to go watch a movie somewhat related mm-hmm. to films and film sets my edutainment that i bring to you this this month is about the extension cord Ooh. Now he definitely had a lot of those on this movie. Yes, right. Uh, before I start talking about extension cords, I want to note that I had another edutainment topic picked out that I didn't pursue because I was, I I guess, blown away that a fucking symbol didn't shatter when a <laughs> bullet was shot at it. So I wanted to know what symbols are made out of yeah. and like when did they start being used and stuff like that. But it was such a broad topic that like I wasn't getting the exact answers that I was looking for. Mm. You know, it was like it's so broad yet so specific. So it was a little hard to do a shallow dive on symbols. Right. Believe it or not. <laughs> but extension cords, um, they were invented by uh, an electrical engineer named S.W. Atherton in 1904. So they predate CCTV technology. They do. Wow. Yes. They maybe used extension cords to set up the early CCTVs. They probably did. Yeah. Um, but, like, 
electricity wasn't wildly installed in the United States until 1925. Mm. So for Atherton, who needed electricity uh, to be available as much as possible, that's why he came up with the extension cord, uh, you know, so that he can have power far away from his workstation. Mm -hmm. It seems like such a... Like a like a no brainer type thing, right? But like back then, it wasn't a thing, right? So he saw a need and filled it. Um, fun fact: uh, an electrical cord. Just, I mean, this is a fun fact, but also I feel like it's worth saying because when I say it, you're probably gonna be like, "Hey, this goes without saying." But sometimes you need to say stuff for people just to be like, oh, yeah, that's a good reminder. Right. Uh, you don't know what everybody knows. It's true. An extension cord should not be used as a substitute for electrical wiring. Good to know that. Definitely don't, yeah. don't do that. And also, they, they recommend that the longest extension cord that you should be using uh, is 100 feet. Really? Beyond that, you're going to need like... A breaker of some kind. So so you're telling me if I go online and I search up a 200-foot extension cord, that's some bootleg garbage. No, that's a, like, for a specific purpose. You know, like, <laughs> okay. I'm saying, like, commercially used right. I'd have to extension get like an, cords. I'd have to get, like, an industrial grade yes. extension cord exactly. to go above 100 feet. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, it, it's a recommendation. I'm okay. sure... You could exceed that. You're not a doctor. You're not an electrician. You're no. Not, I forgot the other things you're not. I'm... There's so much I'm not. <laughs> Just ask the women of the city. But, um... Oh, <laughs> around 4,000 injuries annually are treated in hospital uh, because of extension cords. Jeez. 4,000. I... What kind of janky... <laughs> electronics are you plugging into your extension cords that that many people have to go to the hospital have you seen the things about the the mail to mail cords so no. so apparently if you have like two mail ends like that's extremely dangerous and like okay many hardware stores have signs up we do not sell mail to mail extension cords because they they will like short circuit and blow and so I wonder if these are people using like oh yeah some who don't janky... realize yeah yeah I mean I believe it there are, there are some unique people in the world uh, quite a few of them unfortunately <laughs> I'm gonna say unfortunately unfortunately about that I feel I feel like that's correct um let's see another thing that's worth saying that I feel like. I, I don't want to say common sense because you don't know what people know, right? Yeah. Yeah, don't nail or staple extension cords down. <laughs> I, I would <laughs> hope no one would do that. Particularly <laughs> because most nails and staples are metal. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, you know, people, people don't realize stuff when yeah. they do, right? Isn't that why Jackass was born? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Jackass Forever? I, I haven't, but Johnny Knoxville wrestled at WrestleMania, ah. and it was one of the best fucking matches. I imagine. Ever. Because he's, he's game. 
Yeah. He's down. He's ready to do whatever. But, like, he also had a great partner in the match. Mm. Uh, Sami Zayn is a veteran, and he's been around a lot of crazy shit. Um, <laughs> just the, the fact that he was so open and willing to, to do what Johnny does best. Mm-hmm. I mean, they brought back some of the best gags. Like, the giant hand was my mm. favorite spot. Uh, the, you know, tasers and all that shit. But... If, I'm a, it's fun for people who aren't even wrestling fans. Yeah. It's I'm gonna bring this back full circle to, okay. to Ian Abrams, who we were talking about like two hours ago at this point. <laughs> uh, a point that I think he would enjoy hearing. I feel like Johnny Knoxville is the, the closest thing we have to the spirit of Buster Keaton in Hollywood right now. I knew you were gonna say that and yeah. I was gonna say Buster Keaton and I, I totally agree. Harold Lloyd. He's he's the the new Generation of Silent Star. Charlie Chaplin. I mean, that might be a a bridge too far. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure Johnny Knoxville can uh, think of at least a thousand ways to end up in the hospital with an yeah, extension of cord. For sure. A thousand of those 4,000 are the jackass crew. Yeah. Um, but like I said before, edutainment is a very shallow dive into information yeah and there's not a ton of information about extension cords because it's very straightforward it it fills a very basic need of hey i need this plug to go very far you know and sw azerton was the dude who was just like yeah we could do this if i if i asked you to guess how much a hundred foot extension cord costs what would you guess 20 bucks 21.97 not bad haha not bad you sounds you sound like a man who's bought some extension cords <laughs> we have a whole drawer <laughs> full wow. of power strips and extension cords <laughs> <laughs> ready for the extension cord party yeah you know you never know yeah. when you uh need uh well i was gonna say something stupid but you never know when you need power at a convention yeah. when a man's got a cord a man's got a cord oh my god <laughs> Sounds like uh, the voice of experience. <laughs> I've, I've, I've handled my an extension cord or two in my day. Now we're talking about extension cords, not cord corduroy pants. Right? <laughs> no, I, just... I I try to handle as few corduroy pants as I can. <laughs> oh man, uh, in the spirit of beyond the infant two minutes. Uh, yeah, that's my entertainment section. Awesome. Uh, you know, a very small amount of fun facts about extension cords. Totally. It's, that's why you tune into this podcast, right? Yeah, I mean, look, you need an extension cord if you're going to carry a time TV up five flights of stairs. It's so true. It's important to have this kind of information, and I hope I hope they didn't use a cord that was longer than 100 feet. I know now not to do that. Yes. I hope they didn't use a male-to-male extension cord. I, I knew that already, but maybe now you do. Now I know. And they. I hope they didn't use an extension cord made in the 1920s because it's probably not good anymore. No, probably not. <laughs> probably, I'm just picturing, like, uh, an exposed wire wrapped in duct tape. Yeah. Not even duct tape because duct tape wasn't around back then. Was it not? I mean... Hey, we're gonna we're, do we're gonna do another shallow dive. When was duct tape invented? You're you're getting a special edition edutainment. Ben is typing segment. the question into Google. Okay, wait. So duct tape was originally called duct tape. Because, you're saying with a K. With a K. 
because of the cotton duck cloth it was made of. Huh. That's funny. That's pretty cool. Um, history. The first. Oh, wow. Uh, I take back what I said. Uh, 1902. So, so only a couple years prior to the invention of the extension cord. I think six years prior. Yeah, the extension cord could have been wrapped in duct. It may very in well duct tape, not yes. duct tape. No, that wouldn't have happened for many years later. Right. Uh, I think it wasn't until 3M got a hold of it uh, that it was duct tape. And around what time was that? 1923? So around the time when electricity reached the rest of the United States. It's wild that duct tape is so connected to electricity. Yeah, these things may be far more than just correlation. There may be some causation going on there. Now, who is monitoring these things? Like, who's who's behind the CCTV of, of... well, somebody just, has to be because VCRs haven't been invented yet. That's true. Yeah, that's right. So it's the uh, the old school way of CCTV. Exactly. Seeing it with your own eyes. Mm-hmm. I oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, we get we're getting hysterical. Hysterical. <laughs> hysterical. Clearly, we're getting. Hysterical. We can get hysterical too if you really want to. I'm not sure how we'll do it, but we can we can make it up along the way. We're gonna need more extension cords. <laughs> For sure. Party people, as we descend into insanity, uh, we hope you enjoyed this month's edition of Time to Party. Woo! Uh, you know, Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes is such a wild and crazy film. Uh, and I'm happy to spotlight it. Thank I'm, you for bringing it to my attention. Thank you for agreeing to do it. It's it's like I said, it's one of my favorite movies this year. I haven't seen nearly enough people talking about it, so I, I hope like I'm, I'm glad I got to share it with you, and I hope we can share it with some more people who will also dig yes. it. Yes. Now, this was a, a a fun reunion, but you know, as good things do, they must come to an end. Uh, but if you want to find us on the internet, I am at bsilverio20 on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Zshevich on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, and I, I do a podcast called Intercut Pod. And you're on YouTube. Yeah, I do multiplex show on YouTube, and, and I do TikTok too, even though it's it's, oh. an, evil, it's an evil program Luke that's designed to harvest all your data. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take some followers while, while we're at it. <laughs> you can find me at Indecisionist on Twitter and at The Indecisionist on Instagram. This has been an Indecisionist production. Special thanks to April Moralbo for our podcast art and to Marlon Longin of Marlon and the Shakes for our amazing theme song. If you want to f- join in on the conversation... Use the hashtag time to party. That's time, the number two party. Uh, until our next episode where we take you down some timeline or two minutes into the future <laughs> or to an alternate universe, maybe, if you're lucky. Just remember one thing. Be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>